Hello and welcome to the Daily Post podcast with Sachin Adar and Milan Bantari, where we will be talking about all the things worth talking about in the magical world of the NBA. I'm your co-host, Milan Bantari. And I'm Sachin Adar. And in today's episode, we are going to be covering, with the NBA season having started up, we are going to be covering our predictions for these teams based on the preseason games. All right, let's get right into it. All right, so the NBA is officially back, and it's amazing. So one game that I like to talk about that was impeccably, impeccably interesting and also had a bunch of standout players was the Indiana Pacers versus Charlotte Hornets. If you don't know, the Charlotte Hornets won by one point, 122 to 123. And so on the Pacers, there were a lot of players that completely defied their expectations. And one of those players was Chris Duarte. So many people probably know him as the person who was picked 13th overall. And other than that, there hasn't been too much news about him. He played pretty, he played decently in the, pre, in, the um, in the summer league. But other than that, he's had a pretty quiet start. But he put up 27 points and five, five rebounds and one assist. That is crazy. And so he was picked 13th overall, and to drop that number of points in just his first game, I'm really excited to see what's coming for him. And the next player I would like to talk about is DeMontis Sabonis. He put up ridiculously 33 points, 15 rebounds, and that is crazy. And so DeMontis Sabonis, I think that this is his chance to really assert himself as not just a star on his team, but one of the best players in the league. So I'm really excited to see his rebounding, his passing, and just what makes him a complete unicorn in today's league. And the other standout for the Pacers was Malcolm Brogdon. He's a, he is one of my favorite players ever. He put up 28 points and 11 assists. And honestly, these are very Malcolm Brogdon-like numbers. He can score the ball at will and impeccable passing. And finally, and so for the Charlotte Hornets, this game was really good. You can see that everybody was everybody was getting involved. Ish from like the bottom of the rotation, like Ish Smith to all the way Lamelo Ball. Everybody was was leaving it on the court. So first, you saw Gordon Hayward drop twenty seven points, which is which reminds us of, of his old Utah Jazz days before his career kind of got derailed by his ankle injury. And then you see Miles Bridges, who put up an impressive 13 points. And so I'm excited to see him have some solid production over this year. And then also we saw Kelly Oubre, who had a pretty quiet season in Golden State, put up, putting up 14 points and a couple of rebounds and assists. And now this is the standout, LaMelo Ball. LaMelo hit seven threes, nine rebounds, seven assists, and 31 points. That's, that is ridiculous. And by the way, he's just coming off of a rookie of the year season. And so I'm excited to see him assert his dominance in this league and hopefully become an all-star if, and maybe even an all-NBA. All right, so Sachin, what game would you like to talk about? Well, I think it's already pretty obvious that I'm going to talk about the Warriors against the Lakers game yesterday. All right, so 
We won 121 to 114, but in a surprising turn of events, the greatest shooter of all time, that's undisputable, uh, Stephen Curry, ended up shooting below 40%. He shot five for 21, so that's just below, or that's, that's below 25, actually, for that matter. So five for 21 from the field goal and two for eight from the three-point line. This was kind of an abysmal game for him. Um, and I feel like Millen's going to be like, are you sure it's just kind of, uh, he went nine for nine from the free throw. That's kind of expected, but he did end up getting a triple double, which is pretty interesting. Um, and, uh, as Millen has pointed out, uh, before Draymond was kind of deserving of those rebounds. He was helping to box out the Lakers a lot and Curry was kind of just taking those rebounds. So I don't want to bash Curry, but. I mean, this is kind of on him. He didn't have the best game ever. But one thing that you will notice is the other players stepped up a lot, namely Jordan Poole I want to talk about. Because Jordan Poole, he ended up shooting almost about 40% or so from the free throw line or three-point line. He shot four for 11 from the uh, three-point line. He went eight for 18 from the field goal. So Jordan Poole was very solid, uh, and he was pretty all-around in that game too. Uh, So – Jordan Poole putting up 20 total points. And then obviously you've got, you know, you've got uh, Green who is very underrated in his game and it doesn't completely show up on the stats sheet. But towards the end, he really helped his team. Uh, And really at the end, everyone was going off from the three-point line. Um, So you've got, you've got a lot of other players like Bielica. He ended up getting 15. Iguodala ended up getting 12. Another 15. This is from Damian Lee. So, I mean, players were really filling in the gaps that Curry kind of left there. Um, So obviously Curry didn't have a horrible stat line, but he was missing quite a bit and his other teammates helped uh, fill in that slack and that ended up pushing them to a win. So what does this really show us for the Warriors future and also the Lakers future, which I'll get into after this. So what I'm thinking is that Curry, this wasn't the best game, but we can't only make predictions off of one so far season game. But I mean, really, this is a solid more getting to an all around team than it was in, let's say, 2020 to 2021 or Curry was just completely carrying, right? I mean, once again, this is only one game, so we don't have much basis to go off of, but when Clay returns, and assuming he's playing to his uh, normal standards, or at least almost at his normal standards, Curry's points is going to drop. His All of his stats, for that matter, are going to drop, except maybe his efficiencies and his assists and so on. Uh, but Clay is going to eat up a couple of possessions. Curry's usage rate will go down a lot. And he's going to no longer be that one who just has to carry. And this could be good for the Warriors because if we remember in the 2019 to 2020 season, very, very early into the season, Stephen Curry injured his hand. I believe it was five games in uh, where he injured his hand and he ended up being out for most of that season. So with that, I mean, the Warriors kind of just crumbled that season. I mean, it was a horrible season. And if that sort of thing were to happen again, now the Warriors at least have a fairly solid team to go up with, right? And you've got players that can definitely step up when it counts. So I think that this is good news for the Warriors, actually. Although maybe, you know, Curry isn't going to have the same exact insane stat lines that he did in maybe last season. And once again, this might not be the case because we have only seen literally one season game so far from the Warriors. But 
based on that game and the way that you could see how the other players were stepping up, um, I really think that this is going to be a solid all-around team, and I'm very excited for when Clay returns. I think this is going to be a good future for the Warriors. Uh, but yeah, going into the Lakers, who ended up losing, we have a very opposite story here. You have Davis and James carrying, as usual, uh, 33 and 34, respectively. Uh, both of them shooting pretty well. James ended up shooting 13 for 23 from the field goal, 5 for 11 from the three-point line, and Davis shooting 15 for 26 from the field goal, which is pretty good. Uh, only 20% making one three-point shot, uh, so that's not as good. But, yeah, uh, Davis was close to a, um Davis was kind of on the verge of a triple-double. He had 11 rebounds on his 33 points, and LeBron James also had 11 rebounds. They were carrying – kind of a normal thing and then it just drops off after there it's eight points you know, I mean then then there's I think it's Jordan with two points uh and then Westbrook with eight points and then it just goes lower from there so the Lakers are in the very opposite situation that the Warriors are in where where the Warriors have a pretty even spread of all stats for that matter um the Lakers are kind of just having two players mainly carry you see this in rebounds 11 for Davis and James, and then it goes two, two, uh, five rebounds, four rebounds, zero rebounds, one rebound. I mean, you just see a completely different story. So this is the exact opposite for the Lakers, where if these two players who have gotten injured on the Lakers more so than anywhere else in their career, except for maybe Davis, uh, but Davis definitely has been suffering with a lot of day-to-days and weekly injuries that he's had to deal with and um, on the Lakers so far. This is not good for them because they don't have much else to fall back on, right? So obviously we can't make the most outright predictions right now uh, because once again, this has only been one game. Uh, but still, I think that's where this team, these teams are both headed. And I hope for the best for both of them. But yeah, that's about it. Millen, would you like to cover the next game? Um, yeah, I would love to. And this game is the Chicago Bulls versus the Detroit Pistons. And this game actually got off to a pretty interesting start, with Detroit taking the lead by up to, at one point in time, seven points. So that's actually crazy. So when you look at the Bulls, you see at the surface level, you see four stars. Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, Nikola Vucevic, and DeMar DeRozan. So everybody was pretty, I was pretty suspicious as to why they were losing the game. But in the second quarter, they really took up, they really put the pedal to the metal with with Zach Levine dropping 18 points in the next two quarters. And by the way, in the entire game, he dropped 34 points, seven rebounds, and four assists. And while two of the points came in as late game fouls, still a ridiculous number. And when he's competing against three other, like, ball-dominant players. And so now let's talk about DeMar DeMar DeRozan. And when he started, he he had a pretty slow start to the game, only putting up three, only putting up four points in the first quarter. But in the fourth quarter, he really got it going. He put up eight points in the fourth quarter, and we're just making incredibly clutch shots down the stretch. And this is random, but there's one player that we really need to talk about. A.U. DeSomnu. And he's the only 
He's the only draft pick of last year, and he is incredible. So we took him at the 38th pick, and so pretty low. But he has impressed us entirely. He, he only played 11 minutes, but he scored the ball. He scored the ball, I think, three times doing – he had some beautiful layups down the stretch, and he hit a very, very clutch three. So I'm excited to see how he turns out. He's an incredibly aggressive player who plays who plays really hard. So yeah. So that's pretty much it for for the Bulls. Lonzo Ball put up 12.6 assists, say six rebounds and four assists. Nikola Vucevic put up 15 points, 15 rebounds. And now moving on to the Pistons. This is where it gets pretty interesting. So Obviously, we knew that Jeremy Grant would put up good numbers. He put up 24 points and six rebounds. So that's pretty good. But the problem was the Bulls, they figured out how to stop him in the, in the second half. During the first half, he was bombing out. He, I, think he dropped, I think he dropped 15 points in the first half. So he was completely going off. But once the Bulls figured out how to stop him, his shooting – severely decreased since then his shooting numbers so they had to rely on players like Isaiah Stewart, Kelly Olenek, Corey Joseph, and Sadiq Bey all of which all of which don't get me wrong they're incredible scorers but they're just not they can't they can't single-handedly carry a team and that's what I think is so special about about the Bulls they have so many players that can just take over the game like Nikola Vucevic, when he wants to, you're not getting a rebound. And he can be incredibly dominant against, against even someone who he has 10 pounds on. And sadly, he went up against Isaiah Stewart, who was another physical center. So he wasn't able to shoot well, but he still put up 15 points, grabbed a lot of rebounds. So that was so this was an incredibly interesting game to watch. And you can really see how well the Chicago Bulls work together as a team. And Alex Caruso, he played incredible defense. While it doesn't really show up on the stat sheet, you can see all the times they forced turnovers, took, um, made important plays, and just was an absolute menace on both sides of the court. He, while he didn't score, he was filling the spaces, he was spreading the floor, making good reads. So Alex Caruso, it's a slow start to the season, but we see that he's getting 27 minutes of playing time, which is that they clearly trust him enough. So, yeah, that's it for this, for this game. Sachin, what game would you like to talk about? I would like to get into the Washington Wizards versus Toronto Raptors box score. All right. So, the, the Wizards versus the Raptors. Now, the Washington Wizards ended up winning by 15 this game. So, just a brief cover of the stats. All right, so uh, let's start in with Catavius Caldwell-Pope. We're just starting off from the Raptors here. He didn't have the best game ever. Uh, he went two for seven uh, from the field goal and one for five from the three. Um, he ended up getting five points, but not much. But let's talk about Bradley Beal a little bit. Uh, uh, this is still Wizards, right? Uh, Bradley Beal ended up getting 23 points. In uh, only 34 minutes, so pretty solid game for him overall. Uh, he ended up shooting about 37 from the field goal and 
only about 16.7 from the three-point line. Uh, but overall, not horrible, and eight for eight from free throw. So he didn't have a horrible game. And the rest of the Wizards, it kind of varies. There are a couple of standout players, like, uh, namely, uh, and actually quite surprisingly, we have a Raul Nato. Uh, he ended up getting 14. Uh, you have Kyle Kuzma with 22, Daniel Gafford with 11. So not horrible overall. Uh, but on to the Toronto Raptors. Now, Scotty Barnes uh, had 12 points. Uh, he ended up shooting 38.5 from field goal. He went 5 for 13 and 0 for 1 from the 3. And then OG Ananobi had 11, uh, but he shot 3 for 17 from the field goal and 2 for 9 from the 3. So not an amazing game. Uh, and then you have Fred Van Fleet, uh, who went 5 for 20 from field goal and 1 for 9 from 3. So overall, if you look at these stats, it's not really an amazing game for anyone in particular. Um so this isn't uh, the greatest of great games. So uh, there isn't much to go off of here. But the Wizards ended up beating out the Raptors by 15 points. Overall, it was kind of a decent game. Uh, but yeah, no one particularly shined in this instance, I would say. So we really got to see more on these teams. Um, these two teams, they could have a bright future. I mean, you've got solid players here on both teams. You have uh, Caldwell Pope, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Bradley Beal, uh, with also really solid players like Kyle Kuzma and Daniel Gafford uh, backing up. I mean, on the Wizards, you've got a pretty much an all-around team, and Bradley Beal is a star. So, I mean, you've got a solid team on the Wizards, and then the Raptors is also very even. They have a lot of very good supporting pieces. So these teams have high potential, but this just wasn't anyone's best game, to be completely frank. So uh, not an overall very exciting game, but... Yeah, Millen, what is the next game you'd like to cover? Um, well, there are, um, there's one game that I wish I could talk about right now, but it's still ongoing, and that is the New York Knicks versus, um, versus Boston Celtics game. So, if you don't know, it's double overtime, and this and the Celtics are leading by I think one point. But other than that, we've covered all the games. But just keep an eye out for Jalen Brown. He's so far put up 46 points. So it, I think that this will be one of his best years. And, yeah, I think that's it for the Daily Post podcast. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening.